conclusion of our study of Ephesians tonight? Uh, I know, unbelievable, eh? You're like, finally, like it's been like 33 sessions uh, or something like that. Um, we started last October uh, when we began this study, and, and that was a long time ago. We took some breaks off in between, if you're doing the math and realizing there's been more weeks than 33. But, um, but all in all, I've learned some incredible things just studying slowly through. But one of the things that I decided to do um, this week in preparation for tonight, I just began reading back through the whole book of Ephesians just as it was written to that church and saying, you know, God, what did you say when, you know, what was your intent as you were right, as this was being written to that, that group of people back then? And how, how has it affected my life? You know what I saw? It's just great to have reminders. Things that you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I was going to do something about that. And ah, it's, it's that reminder. Um, you know, um, Apple, Apple is amazing. They invented Siri. Uh, the, well, I don't think they invented it. They just bought whoever invented Siri and, and added it to their phones. But with Siri, I've found just such as this, the, the, the great um, app that, uh, on the phone of, of reminders of just talking to my phone saying, Hey, you know, um, Siri, remind me to buy a coffee for Beth when I get to Hagersville. And so I'll be just, you know, I'll, I'll be pulled over at that time while I'm saying that. But then I get back on the road and I drive. And as I'm driving, as soon as I get within one kilometer of Hagersville, all of a sudden it goes off, bleep, bleep, you know, buy a coffee for Beth. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. And, and it helps to make, you know, it helps me a ton to do stuff. Anybody else set reminders? You know, I have one that goes off on the first of every month that tells me I've got to change my furnace filter if it's the right month for it. Or I have to change, um, I definitely have to change the dishwasher filter because I load the dishwasher and if it's got food, it's going in. So the, uh, the filter always has to be changed once a month or, or more. Um, birthdays and anniversaries, i got like that two-week thing saying this is an important birthday coming up, usually Beth's, um, you know, or, or our anniversary, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, I even have reminders that are daily at noon every day. There's a reminder that goes off. Tell Beth how much I love her and what amazes me about her today. And uh, I have one that goes off at 11 uh, every morning that says, tell my kids I'm proud of them. And you're like, well, that's pretty lame. But for me, I, it's not that I'm not proud of them. And it's not that I don't love my wife. I just sometimes forget to say it. And so it reminds me. And, and every once in a while, I actually do. But, you know, the, um, I, I do say it. But the, um, the, the thing that, that I want to um, get you guys thinking about is the same, is this thought. We don't celebrate the reminder. You know, when the reminder comes up, I'm like, yeah, it's awesome that it's today's the day to you know change the oil in my car or yes today you know in two weeks it's going to be you know our anniversary that's fantastic we we don't usually do that what the reminder's purpose is is that it's to to motivate or help motivate us to do something about what it's reminding us to do uh anybody like that's why i say i'll have that one reminder go off every day and not always do i do something about it but i see that i see that reminder but that's, there's no benefit to the reminder if it doesn't motivate us to do something so i've learned in the same thing as going through the study if it doesn't motivate you to do something the reminder is just kind of pointless but as we've gone through i want to if you've been through this whole study with us from the beginning i just want to go real quickly through um a few reminders that i had as i was kind of reading back through uh, Ephesians, and then we're just going to kind of close with what Paul was uh, leaving the Ephesian uh, church with, and it's this in Ephesians chapter one. You know what? Let's do this. Uh, we're just going to do a pop quiz. Ephesians chapter one. Anybody remember way back when, or maybe you've read through Ephesians a few times? Anything that you know you were reminded of as we went through Ephesians chapter one? It's going to have to be real quick. Right on. So, 
Couple reminders. Well, hey, maybe it'll come to you. If they do, raise your hand. We'll, we'll hook you up or just shout them out. But one of the ones, the reminders that I had was, you know, this is, I was reminded of who I am in Christ. Not who I'm becoming, not who I'm trying to be, who I already am because I'm in Christ. And some of those things, anybody know what some of those things were? You're blessed. If you're in Christ, you're blessed. I'm blessed. You're loved already. Doesn't matter what you think, you, you know, what you think you've done. You're loved. You're chosen. You're holy. You're like, what? Man, no way. This week I was not holy. He says you are. Why? Because he just looks at Christ. You're righteous, which means you're good with God. You're forgiven. You're free. We talked about freedom is here. Why? Because it's in Christ. You're part of his family and mine too now. I didn't get to choose who was part of my family. I would have chose you, but, you know, I'd say you're, you're part of, of his family because you're in Christ. And Paul prayed a, a, a prayer through um, in Ephesians chapter 1 as well that he was praying for you. He was praying for anyone who was going to be a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. His prayer was that you would understand all of what life in Christ means, all of it. And I'm like, man, I'm thankful that Paul was praying for me because I got glimpses uh, in areas of, of life of this is who I am in Christ. Um, and it's, it's life-changing. Ephesians chapter 2, he's talking about the good news that we were once dead. We were once lifeless um, and we were stuck in sin, but now we're alive. We're alive in him. It's a complete, completely different thing. He's given us grace, given us grace, given us faith, given us salvation. He thinks of you as his masterpiece. Look, tell someone that. That's something sweet. Tell the person beside you, God thinks you're his masterpiece. Uh-huh. Some of you are like, oh, rolling your eyes. I don't know if that's because you don't believe it or if it's because you're like, oh, he made me say something. But he thinks you're his masterpiece, Mike. He thinks, Jenna, you're his masterpiece. His work of art. You know, the, his, the thing that he's super proud of. You're his masterpiece. Uh, something I was reminded of again, thinking, man, you know, sometimes I think I don't have it all together. He's still working on us. Don't forget where you came from is one thing I remembered. And don't focus on your past. Don't forget what it was like back there because you'll probably end up going back into it again. But don't focus on it. So many times we're looking back at, oh, this, I, you know, I struggle with this. This is who I am. I always will be. Now he says, not, not in Christ. He's brought us all into one family, all different. You know, I, I, we're in, in, in countries. We're talking about at war. There's brothers in those countries. The ones who are followers of Jesus Christ. doesn't matter anymore about race or gender. We're one family. Ephesians 3 he talked about the mystery of the good news. not a secret anymore. This, it used to be, but the, the mystery's been revealed, and this is it, that God loves you, he's forgiven you through Jesus, and he wants relationship with you. That's pretty good news. He loves you, he's forgiven you through Jesus Christ, and he wants relationship with you. Paul prayed for strength for you. He prayed that you could know God more. You're like, what? He, how's he going to know I was here? He didn't, but he was praying for you anyways. And that's our prayer tonight, that you're going to have strength, like we were praying for earlier, and that you would know God more as you're walking through the stuff you're going through. He, um, he prayed that your life would grow out of the experience of God's love, that everything that happens in your life, you're like, man, I'm rooted in God's love. It doesn't really matter what happens in my life. I'm like, I'm, it's not just that I know God loves me. I've experienced his love. I just, I know that I know that I am absolutely loved. In Ephesians 4, he said that he's given to each one of you a gift and a talent. You are gifted and talented individuals in this place. And he said, too, that each one of you has a part to play in this thing we call church. In the part that we call the body of Jesus Christ, which is, which is this group of people. Do you realize that we're better because you're here tonight? We, we are. You're like, well, I was just showing up. 
that's what you thought. You actually have gifts and talents that we don't have as the church without you here. You're like, I don't have a purpose. Yes, you do. Well, I can't speak in front of people. Who cares? You have a purpose that, you know, there's things that God's wired you to do to just go and do them well. We're better. We're better because you're here, but we're even better if you actually do what you're good at for the cause of Christ. For some of you, you need to hear that because you're just sort of, you know, I would say pew sitting, but we don't have pews. You're just kind of sitting back like, ah, you know, I just, I'm just here. I'm just a spectator. Nah, ah he wants you in the game. And so he said through, um, in, in Ephesians 4, he challenged us in Ephesians 4 to leave the behaviors of unbelief behind us. The behaviors of unbelief. People who don't believe, they do certain things. He says, leave those kind of behaviors behind. People who trust in the stock market, in gold, in, in you know, their job to supply their needs. He's like, don't worry about that. I got you covered. Leave that behind. That, that, the, those clothes, they don't fit you well. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, work right for you. Ephesians 5, he said, you know, keep your focus on Jesus Christ and have some guardrails up just in case you stray a little bit. That something just keeps bringing you back to him. Um, he talked to husbands and wives, you know, about honoring one another. Not this idea of, woman, submit. Because back in the day, that's what it was. You were property if you were a woman. And, and Paul's like, hey, we're changing things here. Jesus changed it. This honor, it's not wives just honor your husbands. It goes both ways. Honor and yield to one another. And he said, you know what, marriage, maybe you're not married, but there was something in it for every one of us because he was saying there that I want to have relationship with you that's like a husband and wife. Two friends who share the highs together, but it, when it's low, they're in it together. They're not like, yeah, yeah, life's tough. I'm just checking out. We see that all the time in our culture and country not what God designed marriage to look like. It was this idea that, you know what, no matter what, I will never give up on you. And it's good news for us because he never gives up on us. That friendship, that, that challenge to live, and uh, it's what he desires with all of us. In Ephesians 6, he said that honor goes both ways with, with, um, with husband and wife, but it goes this way with parents and children. Kids, honor your parents, but parents honor, value those kids you got such a short time with them. Our children are worth an incredible amount, more than money could buy. Some, in the next little, uh, couple of weeks, we're going to be celebrating our kids for the whole service. Uh, downstairs, if you've gone down there, you might like notice, wow, there's new paint on the walls. There's new paint on the floor. There's a hole in the wall that wasn't there. Pretty soon, it's going to be filled with an expensive computer that's going to help um, get our kids signed in and keep them safe. You're like, I can't believe we're spending all that money on those little rugrats downstairs. We should be like buying uh, something that makes Mark talk slower or something, right? Uh, the thought is those kids are valuable and we're going to spend big bucks on those kids because they are valuable. Honor going both ways. You know, and the, the thing is he talked about that with bosses and employees. You know, don't just work for your employee. Work is unto the Lord and bosses treat them right because you will give account for that, you, you know, before God. So he said that and then the last thing he said, finally, my last thought for you is this, this idea of be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You be strong. You know, whatever you're facing, uh, I love, you know, Greg and Libby, uh, when I went there and sat in the, in the hospital room, just days after they had uh, heard that, you know, everything in, in their baby's life wasn't perfect. You know, and they were in a hospital and, and, and sitting there, she's like, well, I freaked out a little bit, but I, I'm, I feel like just that, that strength now. I feel like, you know, I can trust God now. And, and uh, as, as seeing that there, was, she was like 
dead tired, hadn't slept in a couple days, and yet there was this inner strength to say, you know what, no, I'm, I'm staying the course. Yeah, I'm going to keep trusting God. And he says, you know what, you be strong. He's not going to be strong for you. You be strong, but draw that strength from him. Whatever you're facing, he said, do that. And he says, put on the armor. Have the armor on. Why? Because we need to have truth on our minds. Truth that says when the thoughts that come into our head, something says, yes, this is true. I'm thinking about this. God loves me. And when the thought comes in, oh, you're a dirty, rotten sinner. No, I'm not. He loves me. He's forgiven me. He died for me. Yeah, maybe that's who I was, but he's done this. I'm focusing on that. You know, something comes in and says, you're hungry. You say, you know, you know what? Right now, I'm focusing on this because this is what I need to hear. Maybe you're, you know, those thoughts that just said, I got to take things, I got to take what's true uh, and focus on that. Understanding righteousness. He said, you got to know that you're righteous. You got to know that you're good with God. Because if you don't just, if you don't know that, and you're not wearing that every day, that you know what, I'm good with God because of what Jesus did, you're going to keep trying to earn it. You're going to go back to doing works to like get good with God. So hopefully you don't feel guilty next time you sit in Kingsway's comfy seats. He says, know you're righteous. Just know it. He says, realize that you, um, and be prepared to share the good news with others. Just realizing that, that thought of what the good news is and being ready, confident of salvation, trusting wholeheartedly in God. We talked about the shield of faith, that you just trust him. Now, it's not like I'm gonna you know, pray to every God out there and try everything. I just trust him. All my eggs are in that basket. I fully trust him. And then last thought was knowing the word, knowing uh, this message and, and applying our lives to it. And so the final reminder of all those reminders, Paul ends with this reminder in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. If you're there, yeah. if not, you had enough time. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Praying always. See, Paul doesn't say put on the, some sort of the shin pads of prayer. He doesn't say, you know, put on the, you know, the gauntlet or whatever, the, you know, the battle axe of prayer. I, I, he doesn't actually mention any piece of armor. He had mentioned all the, the pieces of Roman armor. And I think, you know, we can look at the picture of it and say, oh, it's all... It's all about those pieces of armor. We didn't do that this time. And I believe this, this part here, he just ran out of armor parts to talk about because this is part of the same sentence. He says, you got all this stuff on. And then he says this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. He says, praying always with all kinds of prayer. Uh, when I talk about prayer this morning, sometimes that's a difficult subject for some because maybe some of you here, you never pray. Maybe you've never prayed in your life. You're like, I, I don't know. Maybe you um, don't think you know how to pray. Like, I wouldn't know the right words to say, you know? Like, uh, dear almighty, omnipotent, omniscient, dodge omni, yeah, whatever. You know, and it's like, I don't know. Maybe like, do I make the sign of the cross? Do I fold my hands, close my eyes? Do I raise my hand? I don't know what to do. I, I don't know if I'm going to pray right. Some of you are afraid of praying. You're like, what are people going to think if I pray out loud? You know, you're the type that you're famous for. You, you know you're a Christian. You want to thank God for your meal at work. So you're there sitting with all your buddies, and you're like, you open your lunchbox, and all of a sudden you like do the, pick up the invisible piece of paper on the floor as you pray. Amen. All right. And you feel better. You know, you prayed. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you think it's a sign of weakness. Now I can do this. You know, my... If, prayers for wussies, prayers for people who just give up. And, you know, those, God helps those who help themselves. I'm going to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tough this one out. Maybe you think it's a sign of weakness. Maybe, maybe you tried praying and it didn't work. Do you realize that the one, number one reason why people leave faith in Christ and abandon their faith is this? 
They tried praying, and it didn't work. How many times have heard that? I prayed, nothing happened, so why bother? Prayer is useless. Prayer is powerless. Prayer doesn't do anything. And yet Paul said, you know what? From now on, live like this, praying always. Praying always with all prayer. So maybe God didn't come through for you the way that you thought he should. And you're ready to kind of just check it, chuck it out at this point saying, you know what? It must not be. I want to encourage you this morning to just open your heart and your, and your mind and your eyes again to this thought of prayer. Why pray? Why pray? Let me give you a couple of quick thoughts. Jot them down. Uh, think about them later. But this thought, why pray? Prayer, we're not even going to use the word prayer because what I would want to say is just simply talking to God. Not even talking. Just simple communication with God. That's what prayer is all about. You know what communication involves? I mean, when you communicate with somebody, what's involved in communication? Words. Yes, words. Are they, can they be spoken? Yeah. There's some talking going on. There's some listening. There can be written words. Uh, there's, you know, you could text them as communication. Sometimes you can just, you can communicate without saying any words. Body language. You know, some of you, you know, you communicate things you don't even realize to me while you're sitting here. Some, uh, you know, you're, when you get real good, you can just, you know, with your spouse, you know those times where you're in a place and all of a sudden you're like, we got to get out of here. And she's like, and she's like, and boom, nothing was said and you're gone, right? Like it's, like you've just got this thing down to an art or, you know, you know, your wife, or, no, your husband is saying things he shouldn't be saying at a party and all of a sudden you just kind of look over at him like, give them the eye, you know, the double eye roll and, you know, and then finally the angry eye and then they stop and you're like, oh good, we're good. You, you can communicate things without ever saying anything. Do you realize that communication with God is very similar? And yet so many of us, we have this idea of this is what prayer looks like, so we kind of miss out. And do you realize that Christians, Christians, followers of Jesus Christ can have an incredible emptiness on the inside even after becoming a believer? Remember that emptiness you felt like before you decided to follow Christ and then you decided to follow him? It's like, oh, I feel like alive inside. There's just something, oh man, something is so, I don't even know how to explain it, but something's different here. And then it kind of wanes and you lose it. For some of you, that's every week. You know, Sunday, you're like, oh, I feel good. I feel better just because I was there. And then you leave this place and you're like, by Monday, you're like, oh, I just feel empty again. Do you know what's missing? Communication. Communication, number one, it's communicating with God is prayer, but it also the second part is that it builds relationship with him. Communication in marriage builds your marriage. Communication uh, with God, it builds that relationship with God. A breakdown in communication leads to a breakdown in some area. It happens between friends, stop talking, misunderstandings. It'll break everything down. Marriages, you see it happen. They stop talking. They stop communicating. And some of you are like, you don't understand. I got four kids under the age of seven. We can't talk. There's just no room. Like, hey, what are we having for dinner? I'm going to chase Max down the street, right? Um, and, And it's like quick things like that. But life is made up of those kind of things. Those quick moments and interactions. Then there's times where you're like, after they're all in bed, you sit down and like, I know we're tired, but we need to talk. And we chat through some things. You know, maybe those times where you go away for a weekend and you talk for, you know, hours until you can't think of anything else to talk about. And like you got it all covered and then you just sit there together. Just being together. All of that is communication. All of that is that this idea of building. You know, um, communication breaks down between countries and we're seeing it right now. War at full, full uh, board just because of this, this, um, this breakdown in communication that continues to happen communicating with God. It's building relationship with him and prayer helps to give us proper perspective. Wes shared a great story uh, about this and um, he was um, doing a funeral and they had given him a poem and said, hey, this poem, it's been, it's really, really important to the person that we're honoring 
and we want to read it. Can you hold on to it for us and bring it to the, to the service? And he said, sure. So he went and put it in a really safe place, and then the day um, of the funeral, he's looking for it, and he can't find it. And he's like, panics. It's a couple hours to the funeral, and he starts going through where he would put his most prized possessions, and that's in his other most prized possession, which is his books. So he's like, starts going through his library. He loves to read. It's tons of books. He said, I pulled out books after book, and I'm like emptying the pages and like going through, looking for this poem, and I can't find it anywhere. He searched for two hours. After two hours, he just said, you know, I, he fell to his knees. He said, God, I feel so foolish that I've lost this. I'm just, I'm begging that you would help me to remember where I put it. And then as he opened his eyes, he saw the poem sitting underneath his desk. He said, you know, had I not gotten to my knees in prayer, he says, all that that did was change my perspective. He could see things differently. And that's in the natural. That's not what we're saying is going to happen. But in the, in the spiritual, that's what happens. We gain a proper perspective of what we're going through. Sometimes we look at it and go, God, you must not be listening. God, you must hate me. God, you must not care because look what I'm going through. And as we communicate with him, he says, here's the perspective. And we're going we're gonna to learn a little bit about that. The thing is, maybe like, I don't know if I'm good at praying. You don't have to be. You can learn. Um, Jesus was a person who prayed and he taught his disciples how to pray. Paul was a person who prayed and he challenged disciples then to pray. Uh, you see people teaching people to pray all the time. Uh, we see it in our house. Um, my son Max and Finn, I just want to show you a real quick clip of what uh, dinner time some, almost every night looks like at, at our house. Here, just uh, take a look at the screen. Then he teaches them to pray for all of the different things, for my family, for Lincoln's food. But uh, uh, this, this idea of teaching, teaching um, kids to pray, um, you know, I look at that and go, man, where did they, they learn to do the whole fold your hands and close your eyes deal? Um, and, and realizing, not the Bible. You know, that this is like one of those things we teach our kids, and it's like every, you know, fold your hands, close your eyes, bow your head. What are we teaching them? That's what you do when you go to sleep. Right? So here's like people like, ah, and then we get old, like I try and pray and always fall asleep. Well, we've learned it ever since we were kids. Um, Paul said, you know, in the Bible, there's nothing about closed eyes. There's nothing about folding hands. It actually says to raise your hands. And Paul says, pray always. How are you supposed to pray always if you're praying like this all the time? How do you pray when you're driving? You're going to end up... You end up in the ditch, right? You might as well pray like the Bible said with your hands up so when you end up in the ditch, you're ready for the officer when he comes to get you, right? But he says praying, praying always. With all, and always just means in all situations. In all situations, communicate with God. When do most people pray? What kind of situations? Bad ones. When trouble comes, then we're going to talk to God. He's saying, listen, I want you to talk to God all the time. Um, checking in with, with dad at any time uh, and, and, and being, just being somebody who does it. Um, in the hospital, I've been you know, doing some hospital visits and as I get to the hospital, you know how they have that the, the thing, the hand washing thing there, the hand sanitizer? Um, there's, a, there's a sign now that just says, just clean your hands. Because before, um, and they put that over top, you know, and showing you how to do it. But it used to be like, hey, um, clean your hands because you might spread bacteria to the other pa- patients here. Clean your hands because you might like take bacteria home with you. Clean your hands because of whatever, because it's good for you. And guess what? 
Nobody cleans their hands. Why? Because even though uh, we know, right, Mark Jefferson, amen? Yeah, he's, uh, that's his job is to make people wash their hands. Um, this, uh, this thought is like it doesn't happen. But you know, you see that sign, you're like, just clean your hands. We're not going to give you why it's good for you, who you're saving, how it's helping, or what benefits. Just do it. The same thing. I can tell you, prayer does this. It builds your relationship with God. Prayer helps you with all of these kind of things. I'm just saying today, I feel like that. Just pray. Just pray talk to God. I think Paul's same thought is that, you know, well, what if I don't do it right? It doesn't matter. Uh, if we can, I'd like one of those signs for our men's washroom. Um, just so, right. Okay. So um, he says, what if I'm not good? What if I'm not good at prayer? It doesn't matter. You grow just by, just by doing it. You know, there's uh, this, this thought sometimes that there's professional prayers. At our family get-togethers, we have three pastors that, that are at our family get-togethers, um, Jamie, Wes, and myself. And, you know, sometimes it's like I'm thinking, who's the most senior pastor here? They should be the one, you know, to pray. When there's like, hey, we're going to pray for the meal. Everybody be quiet. And they look around. And then the last event we were at was um, um, my mother-in-law's birthday. And uh, she's, she's there, and she looks around. It's like, we're going to pray. And she looks around. She's like, well, you pastors, you get to pray all the time. I'm going to do it today. And I was like, I love that, because that, not that idea just of you get to pray, which is pretty cool, but hey, I'm going to do it. You know, I, there's, there's something that, that's um, a value to it. Hey, I want to do that. You know, God isn't concerned whether you have the right words or not. He even made sure to tell a story about it in, in uh, Luke chapter 18. You can read it sometime. It's about a Pharisee, a, a church guy who had all the right words, and Jesus said, you know what, We're, God doesn't hear him because he's got all the right words. Then they got this, this person who was looked upon as one of the worst of the worst sinners, a tax collector. And he was just saying, God, you know what? You know who I am. You know I don't have it all together, but if you could show grace and mercy to me. And he says, you know what? I, I hear that one. Why? Because it's the sincerity of heart. Today he's saying, don't worry if you have all the right words. It's the sincerity of heart. And Paul says, pray always, all the time, any kind of situation, with all kinds of prayers. Do you know there's all kinds of different types of prayer in the Bible? I used to think, you know, if... Um, there's this idea of, you know, don't beg God for things because he said, hey, you're not, you're not heard for your many words, so you should be praying short prayers. But you see different things. You see, Jesus taught his disciples this prayer. Many of you know it as the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father who art in heaven. Yeah, so you know it. So he gave you the exact words, but he only did that once. He taught on prayer a lot of times. He said there's one, he, he taught them with this one thing. He said, hey, if your buddy comes over at midnight and is knocking on your door and asking for bread, it's like, he says, you know, even though he's not going to get up because he's your buddy, he's going to get up because you just keep pounding on the door. It's like those teens who text me in the middle of the night, you know, 12.45 a.m. They text me, we need to talk ASAP. And, I, and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not picking up my phone. But if he keeps texting or they keep texting, like, really, really, we need to talk. This is serious. Like, this is life or death. I'm probably going to pick up the phone. Not because I'm a pastor and I really have a heart to feel like, you know, I really want to help in this situation. I'm going to pick up the phone so it stops ringing and stops dinging and keeping me awake at night. And, and I'll pick it up and like, yeah, what's wrong? She dumped me. I'm like, oh, you know, you couldn't have told me in the morning. Um, same, same thing. Jesus is saying the same thing. He's like, just that person's not going to get up. But he says the same is in prayer. When you're knocking the door, he says, keep on asking. Keep on asking and keep on asking um, God uh, for these things. And you know what? Paul, we see the story of him where he had, a, he had a thorn in the flesh. We don't really know what it was. You know, it's, he says there's a messenger of Satan and he really, he hated it. And it says three times I, I be, uh, begged and asked God to take it away from me. It wasn't like three times he prayed, like on Monday he prayed, God, take this away, and Tuesday and Wednesday. It was like times of prayer. He said, God, take this thing away from me. I, I, it, oh, I hate it. And what was God's answer? No. 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 
You know, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul, I know you see this as a weakness in your life, but my strength shines a whole lot brighter in this weakness. So, you know what? I'm not taking it away. It tells me a few things. It tells me you're allowed to beg, but it also tells me that, you know, we submit to his will in the end. That there's, there's that, that thought that sometimes the answer is going to be no. Some of you have been begging God for something, wanting God to do what you want to do. And the same thing is this, that Paul says the perspective changes and realizes, okay, God, after three times, I, I'm just going to go with this. And he's, I'll boast in it now. Because in my weakness, you're showing yourself strong. Jesus begged that he wouldn't have to go through the crucifixion process. God, if there's any other way that people can be saved, if there's any other way, please, please don't, don't make me have to go through the cross. And yet he said, but what? Not my will, but yours. God, I, I submit myself to you. The perspective is you know, that I'm going to go through this. Not because God wanted Jesus to have to go through incredible pain. He wanted to save you. There was no other way. So sometimes we look and go, oh, we're just going to chuck it because it didn't go the way I wanted. Sometimes he's changing your perspective just through that communication. Jesus prayed all different kinds of prayer. He prayed all night before he chose his disciples. And some would say, well, that's what prayer is about all then. We're going to pray all night. You know, if Jesus did it, that's good enough for me. But let me just tell you, he didn't pray every night, all night. You know, you try that, you're not getting any sleep. You know, the, there's, a, there's these thoughts sometimes of, of we box prayers. This is what it looks like. You hear somebody, oh, I was up at five o'clock this morning. I was praying for three hours. You're like, holy smokes, that person's like spiritual. I can never pray for three hours. I, you know, I'm not praying anymore, you know, because I can't be like them. He said there's all kinds of prayers. So my question is this, is prayer talking to God or listening to God? Yeah. Is it praying in secret or praying in public? Is it asking God for things or praying for other people? Is it continuously asking or just asking once? Both. You only ask for salvation once. There's things where you only ask once. Does prayer move God or does it change you? Both. See, some of us, we're like, oh, no, no, I thought it was, and right away we think there's this one thing. Should the prayers be short or should they be long? Both. Shirt. Always someone. But you see, Jesus, when he prayed for Lazarus, he prayed one sentence. When he prayed for you in the garden, he prayed a whole chapter. It's both. See, we've put prayer into this thing. We think it looks a certain way. He's like, it's just talking to me. It's just communicating with me. It's just being aware of me. And Paul said this, so pray always with all kinds of prayer. Just pray. Just talk to your dad. Just, communi- just keep those communication lines open. And then he said this, and pray for one another. Stay alert. You know why? Because he had just told us, you're in a battle. So wear all this armor and pray, because you're in a battle. And then he says this, pray for, pray for one another. You know why? Because the person right beside you, they're in a battle too. He's like, pray for them. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 to 23. I don't have time to do these today, but Ephesians um, 1, verse 16 to 23, and Ephesians 3, verse 16 to 21, Paul wrote out the prayers he was praying for them. And I encourage you to pray those prayers for one another. Pray them for yourself. God, I, I pray that, that my family, that their eyes would be enlightened, that they would be open to see the hope of your calling for their life. For my kids, God, would they quickly see the hope that you have for them. Would they grow in their knowledge of you? Would you give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding in the knowledge of you that they could know you? Some say, oh man. He said, pray. Pray for each other. And he says this at the end. Pray for me. Pray for me. 
What did Paul want them to pray for? We started this whole thing off knowing that Paul was in prison. What we would probably do is like, okay, guys, pray for me. I'm in jail. Pray that God gets me out of this place. Right? Paul doesn't pray that. He prays and says, you know, pray that God gives me the words and the courage to keep preaching the good news, the same good news that got me put in this lammer. Keep praying that I'm going to keep preaching to these people around here because he says, you know what? It's hard. It's hard for me to, to uh, continue doing this. But he says, you know, pray, pray. For some of us, we'd be like, you know what, God, I'm going to serve you as long as the going is smooth. As long as the road doesn't have any bumps, I'm in. Well, welcome to Christianity 101. There's storms every other day. And some, they're months long, weeks long. Some are lifelong. And yet, there's this thing. Some, uh, you know, some, we're, we're always praying for something, something different. We're like, we want God to like, do something that's, that's about us. God, please, give me a better job, a better car, a better house, a better spouse, you know, a better whatever, whatever you might be praying. God, give me something better. Do you realize that in the job that you're in, God's got you strategically there for a reason? We got a girl who's working at a drugstore here on Saturday nights, and she's been bringing the girls that she works with to church on Saturday nights. And they've been coming out, and, and just and you just watching, and she's like, you know what? I didn't realize that my job was going to be a mission field. So is yours. Some of you are like, I'm praying to get out of this place, and he's got you there for a reason. You've just stopped communicating with him and have no idea why you're there. He's saying, just talk to me. Just talk to me. So I leave you with this. My thought for us as Kingsway is not that you would become perfect prayers. My thought is not like, hey, we are the prayer champions here at Kingsway because we don't even know what that looks like. But my thought is this, that for each of you, no matter where you are at with prayer, with talking to God, is this, that each one of us would talk to God more than we did yesterday. That each one of us would talk with God, not just to Him, talk with Him more than we did yesterday that we'd be listening to his voice more than we did yesterday, that we would grow in our communication, that our thoughts would be on him, that sometimes we would just be still and know that he's God more than we did yesterday. For some of you, my hope, my prayer, is that today you'll be the, will be the time you first talk to God. Because not every one of you here, you know, knows God. There's some of you here, you're still God in your life. You're just living your life, doing whatever you think is going to make you happy. You're empty inside, but you're fooling everyone, trying to fool everybody else outside that you got it all together. He's calling you today. He's saying, you know what? I love you. I love you unconditionally. I've already wiped out all the stuff that makes you feel guilty before me. I took care of that through Jesus. That's the value I have on your life. I want a relationship with you. It's there for you. Today, maybe that first prayer for you sounds something like this. God, I know that I've messed up my life. God, I, I know that I need a Savior. And Lord, if you're willing to forgive me, I gladly will live my life for you. I don't know it all, but I'm willing to learn. So from here on in, I decide today to follow you, that you are Lord in my life. And I want to keep my eyes on you, trusting 100% in you, that you've got my life now and my eternity taken care of. Simple as that. Simple as that. You want to talk about life-changing prayer. <laughs> you want to talk about miracles. It's where they are.
Paul wrote to the other churches and said the same things. To the Thessalonians, he said, pray without ceasing. To the Colossians, he said, keep on praying. And I want to leave you with this thought. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 23. The last words he said to the, to the Ephesian believers, these are the ones we close this whole thing off with, is this, peace. Man, do we need that. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters. May God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. And may God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Talked about it at the beginning, grace and peace to you. In the end, he says the same thing. May your lives just be saturated with grace, peace, and that love. My prayer for you, Kingsway, is that these things would just get right inside of here to the point where you're like, I believe those, that your life changes as a result. That today, I leave you with just that thought, just pray. Normally at this point, I would say, let's bow our heads and let me pray for you. But I want to change that up today. You don't have to bow your head. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to do any of the assume the position of prayer. But I want to give you 60 seconds to just pray. Maybe that's going to be out loud for you. Maybe you're going to mumble it. Maybe you're going to whisper it. Maybe you're just going to think it. He's God. He can read your mind all the time. Uh Uh-oh. So I want to give you 60 seconds to do just that. Would you? Would you? Dad, I just ask that we don't forget this. These words today, this reminder. Holy Spirit, I pray you keep reminding me. I just want to say thank you for who you are. Thanks again for life. Thanks for this word that it's alive and that it's changing my life. Thank you for that. Help me to surrender and keep allowing you to do what you want to do. Pray that I'll be a son that you're proud of. Thank you, Jesus, for being a friend, walking through life with us. Love you. Love you. In your name. Amen.